Right now, Brex is offering approved accounting partners the ability to offer their clients a $1,000 sign-up bonus and waived card fees for life when they sign up for a Brex corporate card. Stay tuned to hear more from our sponsor, Brex, later in the episode. Well, apparently, the IRS can only cut 5 million checks a week. So there's 100 million checks that need to go out. So it'll take them 20 weeks to cut all the checks. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by ClockShark. Way back in October of 2013, I became ClockShark's very first Twitter follower. Today, ClockShark has grown into a highly rated and very much loved time tracking app that is now used by over 5,000 small businesses. With features like crew tracking, scheduling, overtime notifications, routes, geofencing, locations, job costing, budgeting, and reporting, the ClockChart team has built a robust mobile time tracking app to handle the unique challenges that face your clients who have mobile workforces. By using ClockShark, you and your clients will be confident that their time tracking data is correct and perfectly synced with their QuickBooks or ADP, allowing payroll to be on time and accurate. While other time tracking apps are charging as much as $8 or more per month per employee, ClockShark offers ClockShark Standard Plan for just $6 a month per employee. Head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash ClockShark. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash C-L-O-C-K-S-H-A-R-K. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by BQE Core. If you have clients that are architects, engineers, consultants, or lawyers, Core is the app for them to best manage their firm, increase their staff productivity, and ultimately increase their profits. Core is an all-in-one app for project management, including time and expense tracking, budgets, forecasting, client billing, and accounting. It includes a full-function mobile app and a cutting-edge voice-based assistant. Even though Core is an all-in-one app, it still works nicely with accounting apps like QuickBooks and Xero. To learn even more about BQE Core, head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash core. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash C-O-R-E. Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver. And I'm David Leary. Blake, another week. Here we go. I feel like this one was super exhausting. Well, we just recorded the special episode all about the Paycheck Protection Program, the SBA loan stimulus package bill to help small businesses with their payroll. We just did that last last night, right? Was it last night? Last night. <laughs> and I feel like it's all getting gray. Like it just keeps going and going and going. Um, the politicians are very happy with it. I mean, apparently it opened and launched, but I think we'll jump into the things that did not work at the launch or banks that aren't ready. We can chat about that a little bit. Yeah. So all the details are in that special episode. Check it out. Short story is if you are a small business with fewer than typically fewer than 500 employees, you or you on behalf of your clients can go out and get them a loan from an SBA approved lender and they can get up to $10 million uh, supposed to come really quick. The application's open today, Friday, April 3rd, but the final rules didn't get rolled out until yesterday on Thursday. And so the banks have been scrambling to get ready. And the thing that is really kind of shocking and has been all over Twitter is the fact that some of these big banks are not, they're only lending to a very sub, small subset of their customers, right, David? 
Yeah, I mean, if, if you look at the politician's view of this, like this this great savior, it's going to help so many small businesses. And then you look at the opposite side of small business owners saying, hey, Bank of America, who I've been with for 20 years, but I've never gotten a credit card with, I only have a checking a business checking account, is saying I can't even apply for the loan because I didn't have a checking account and a credit card or possibly a loan already with them. Yeah. And we're seeing that from a lot of banks. I was thinking about this. You know, must have been on my mind as I slept because I'm thinking about this program and I'm saying to myself, wait a minute. So the SBA is going to pay banks, and we didn't mention this, the banks are going to get 1%, 3%, or 5% commission on the amount of this loan. The SBA is just going to cut them a check and pay them that amount for originating these loans. So like the loan's under $350,000, the banks get 5% of that to keep. Uh, well, they get 5% on top. They get to keep a 5% commission. Then from 350K to 2 million, they get 3%. And then 2 million to 10 million, they get 1%. So they're getting a pretty decent fee. On a $100,000 loan, they're going to get 5,000 bucks to originate that loan. And I just don't imagine that there's going to be that much paperwork that it costs them $5,000 to originate that loan. I think they're going to make a good amount of money. And you know, if if the whole thing is $349 billion, which is the amount that was allocated for this program, 5% of that, if they're all small loans, is like $17.5 billion. So, you know, that's a good chunk of cash uh, that we're paying the banks. Oh, and they're also allowed to charge 1% interest on the loan uh, if the loan isn't forgiven, which they negotiated up from 5% at the uh, 0.5% at the last second. So now business owners are going to get charged 1% interest over the two-year term of these loans by the banks. The loans are 100% backed by the federal government. So there's zero risk for these banks if they process the loans correctly. And here's the part that's crazy that we were just talking about. They get to pick and choose who they lend to. So Bank of America, which is only going to lend to people who have a checking account, a business checking account before February 15th with them, and also have a credit card or a line of credit, they're basically de-risking their portfolio because money's fungible. So they get to give loans to their existing clients and they have no risk and they get to choose like, I'm, I'm just going to give this to my existing clients. And so, you know, now they're reducing the risk on their portfolio and they're getting paid to do it. All right, so I've been watching um, Jovita Carranza, SBA. So she is on Twitter, SBA. Jovita, J-O-V-I-T-A. So she is the 26th administrator of the SBA Gov. And so she's been tweeting out every hour today kind of stats on these loans as they come through. So, so far, uh, this is as of 45 minutes ago, 13,669 loans came through at $4.3 billion. Okay. So my concern with that, start doing the math, right? So if you take that, divide the 4.3 billion times the 13,669, Divide 14.3 billion by the number of loans, 13,669 loans. loans. And divide that by eight, because in theory, you're, you're, you're getting a loan for eight weeks of payroll, is essentially how this is supposed to calculate out. Right? Well, it's like two and a half, is it two and a half months of, it's two and a half times whatever your monthly payroll is. And that comes out to like eight weeks, eight weeks, is that right? Yeah, essentially it's eight weeks. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's eight weeks. And so, so you take that number, divide it by eight, and then you get the weekly. So right now, the weekly payroll of the people that are getting loans is at $39,000. $39,000. Okay, so multiply that by 52. So that is an annual payroll of 2 million. 
you know, what, let's say, let's divide that by like 50,000 to get somebody's, you know, kind of like a typical middle-class salary. So that is a business with about 40 employees. If everybody is getting paid on average $50,000. And I think what's happening is the banks, like they might say it's these loans. And so there's a lot of excuses, but emails, people are getting told, no, go find another bank. We can't service you on this. And I think what's happening is they're prioritizing the loans. So if a small business just needs 50 grand to make it through the next eight weeks, they're just putting them in the bottom of the pile. Like, why would you process that if you can process someone who's asking for the full 10 million? So probably everybody asking for the full 10 million is getting all the attention and getting processed first. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'd be really curious to see what that is. Um, yeah, they make, they make the commission on each loan. And so it makes more sense for them to process fewer applications that have higher dollar values. They make more money in the end, even though the percentage goes down, it's still easier more profitable. So so the whole program is 349 billion and in the first day we've processed to this up to this point which is like 4 o'clock Pacific we've processed 4.3 billion. So let's do 4.3 divided by 349 and we have in the first day processed 1.2%. So this is going to take a year uh, uh, like yeah. this doesn't like none of this makes sense. Like it's not working. Like, like it's not fast enough. Because apparently, also all these loans that are being pumped out today, some of these people kind of had some inside tracks to possibly pre-apply and have all their ducks in order. Kind of like going to the Black Friday sale. Like some people were in line already. So we'll see on Monday where these numbers are at. But they're gonna. I mean, to, to really get all this money distributed in eight weeks. Like how many of these are going to process a day? Yeah, this was supposed to be the biggest day. So what's happening here? Yeah, it's not it's not fast enough. Uh, and this is the the same problem with the checks for the individuals. If this money doesn't get out to the small businesses like this coming week, then I think a lot of them are not going to be able to make payroll. They're not going to be able to keep people on payroll. So then the money will be unused because they're going to lay everybody off. You can't use the money unless you're paying people on payroll. Uh, and, and we've got some more follow-up. Well, we can finish with Paycheck Protection Program, but then we can talk about the stimulus checks that are going out to individuals. There's issues with that. I did not. I, I mean, last week we talked like it's probably going to be realistically five weeks, but now there's issues with the distribution? Yeah. Well, apparently the IRS can only cut 5 million checks a week. So there's 100 million checks that need to go out. So it'll take them 20 weeks to cut all the checks. Now, that's like physically printed checks. Right. Correct. But ACH, they could process more than that, possibly if they have your bank account numbers. Right. Well, and that, so they have ACH information for, I saw a number, 60 million. So here's an Accounting Today article called Some Coronavirus Stimulus Checks May Not Arrive Until September. They have 60 million direct deposits they can do. They're going to do that in mid-April. So those are the ones that Manishan said were going to come in three weeks a week ago. So now in two weeks, those are supposed to come according to his timeline. But then there's another 100 million people where they have to send checks. They can only send 5 million per week, so it'll take 20 weeks. So the final round of payments may not go out until September. The checks are going to be issued in reverse adjusted gross income order, starting with the people with the lowest income first. But still, you know, there's going to be a lot of people in there who cannot wait another month because they've got to pay their May rent. Not to mention the fact that $1,200 $1, 
there's not really enough to pay rent in a lot of places that are being really, really hard hit by coronavirus. And especially if they work for a smaller company who now still is not going to have this loan to keep paying them, keep them on the payroll. Right. And this 5 million check per week rate, I think that might be historical based on you know what they've been able to do in the past. What are they going to do if their process takes longer because of COVID-19 and having to maintain distance and all of that and people being out or sick or what? So that's why there's been a lot of chatter about fintech companies coming in and helping and assisting with this, right? Taking over this process and getting the money to people. I mean, supposedly, there's going to be a website where people can go and put in their direct deposit information. Mnuchin said this in a press conference that we're going to have a website where people can go in, they put in their information and then can get the money sent to them. But I'm thinking, oh no, now we've got a big fraud risk because the information that the IRS can use to verify them is not necessarily that hard to acquire, right? Because what is the IRS going to use to verify your identity? Probably information from your tax return and your social security number. So like I, as a hacker, could obtain that, not, you know, it's not that difficult. So there's going to be a lot of people who can't get their payments because some hacker went in and stole it. Just like oh, with regular tax yeah. fraud, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that we don't have a national identification database, like this is something that we've resisted doing here in this country because of privacy concerns. We don't want the government to have, uh, the federal government to be giving out an ID to every American. But then this is the problem. When you actually need to get something to every American, you can't. There's not an easy way to do it. I was listening to a podcast with somebody who worked uh, in the 2008 banking crisis. And he was charged in charge of rolling out the stimulus money for that. And he said the mistake they made is they were too careful in rolling it out. And in basically his opinion is you actually should just err on the side of we don't care. Are you a business? All right, here's a check. Are you a business? Okay, here's a check. And take the chance that yes, some percentage are going to be fraudulent. Some percentage of those are going to be people that maybe don't deserve the money. But it's the only way to get the money out to everybody as fast as possible. So even with this, if it means there are going to be some percentage of people that are going to put in fake numbers. And, and get checks, um, they, they have yeah. to take the chance because you've got to get this money out as fast as possible to the vast majority of the people. Um, and even if, even if a criminal gets it, they're going to go spend it, right? It gets it into the economy. Right? Yeah, it, exactly. And think about it this way. We're paying, let's call it $17.5 It's not going to be necessarily that much, but I don't know, $10, 15000000000 billion to the banks to get this money out to these businesses. I bet you if we just gave the money away without having all this paperwork and stuff, there would be less fraud than that. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. You know, let's just talk about this whole program, like the way it was thought out in the first place. Like it's super complicated. Of course, you know, Congress comes up with something that's super complicated when you need to do it really quickly. They could have just made it grants instead of making it a loan to start with, since most of these loans are going to be forgiven anyway, just make it a grant. And then if you don't spend the grant on payroll, then there's like some tax clawback provision at some point anyway. But these are loans that are forgivable. And then if you go out of business anyway, you're not going to have to pay it because there's no personal guarantee. So like making it a loan, maybe that wasn't even necessary. It's just like way all this paperwork that has to suddenly happen very quickly. And, you know, we're talking like 30 million potential loan applications because there's that many small businesses when you count all the freelancers and independent people who are going to have to go out and do this next week. And the name of the game here is speed right? It's speed. That's the name of the game. Right. And and the people who really need this money are the really small businesses, the sole proprietors who don't have any work now, who don't even get you know health care from their employer, who didn't get laid off because they didn't have an employer to begin with. And 
the program is making them wait a whole week before they can get any money. So what if all this money, well, at the rate they're going, it won't be gone. But you know, <laughs> what if what if these people who really need it end up at the back of the line and then there's this huge backlog and the money runs out and they never get any? I see that happening. And it was very clear. The un- Did you see the unemployment numbers this week? It was it was crazy. It's like uh, six point six million. So what are we up to total? Like ten million or something? Well, it's, it, it, the total is six point. So it's three oh, last okay. time, and then six point six, and it'll probably go up to twelve. So, and the whole point of the payroll protection program is to ha- give pe- small businesses money so they don't have to lay people off, so they don't have to go file for unemployment. Yeah, and it's very clear that this money is not going to solve this problem anytime soon, which means unemployment is going to just go uh, goes up. Yeah, unless it just magically gets out to people faster than we than it seems like it's going to. But yeah, at this rate, uh, I don't see it. So, but maybe this banks will work over the weekend. They'll work really hard, and more of this money will get out on Monday. Yeah, if if you have any clients right that have successfully had a loan approved, I would love to see proof of that. Tweet it at us. Show some proof because all I see on Twitter, I have yet to see one small business owner say. Yes, my loan got approved for the Paycheck Protection Program. I'll see my cash in three days. Nobody is tweeting that. Yeah, Tons of businesses are showing all their denials, but nobody is showing that they successfully moved through this loan process. And that's scary. A lot of people are pissed at Bank of America, and I'm seeing that on Twitter because hashtag PPP loan is trending. And they're all taking screenshots of the Bank of America website saying, based on our records, your account doesn't qualify to apply for a Paycheck Protection Program loan through Bank of America. I, apparently, you can't even apply if you don't already have an online banking username and password. I guess that kind of makes sense. But I mean, are they going to, if you get one, then can you apply? Well, I get that because I mean, I think branches are closed. Like there's physical constraints going on, right. I think, as well on this. But some banks, are, like at least they could try to apply at Bank of America and de- get declined. Other banks aren't even up yet. They're like, we might be up on Monday. Like other banks aren't even ready yet because the, so many late changes came. So, Obviously, we'll be talking about this a lot again this week. <laughs> There's even a video from Marco Rubio that's trending on Twitter where he's calling out the banks, but not in like a way where like, hey, banks, you know, you suck. He's more like, come on, guys, we bailed you out during the financial crisis. You got to like help us. I'm thinking, what the hell? <laughs> like You set this up. And actually, this morning, I saw him tweet about how how important this was and what a great move by Trump, et cetera, et cetera. Like all the politicians are celebrating this as this great thing. And I think it's going to, I think by the time we get through all those Sunday morning political shows and by the time Monday morning hits, like the tune's going to change from politicians on this because it's not something to be celebrated at this point. Now, if the numbers are different, if it was 1.3 million loans were given out and they've hit uh, in the hundred billion dollars now has been, after one day, then let's go celebrate. But right, this is this is what's four point three billion dollars? It's shit. it's shit. Well, well, and I think the number Sorry, to really to me. <laughs> I will believe it. I think the number to highlight is the volume of loans, something like thirteen thousand, fourteen thousand. That's nothing. That's a drop in the bucket of the millions and millions of small businesses. And so, for them to be touting those numbers is very successful. Is it's silly. Because we said it's 1.2% of the f- of the amount allocated by Congress that's been so far given out on this first day. But you know, let's say there are 30 million businesses and let's say 14,000 of them got funding today. So then divide 14,000 by 30 million and we get what? 0. 0.0005. Introduce your clients to Brex. 
Rex is a corporate card unlike any others. It offers instant approval, no personal guarantee from the business owner, advanced fraud protection, the ability to issue additional and physical cards as needed, and a 360-degree view of all spending activity. Rex has all the features that business owners love. Rex has also built all the features that accountants and bookkeepers love as well, like instant receipt capture and matching, intelligent categorization, smart category management, and automatic reconciliation, smart admin tools to easily enforce policy controls, issue and shut down cards as needed, granular reporting, and deep integrations with QuickBooks, NetSuite, Expensify, and Xero. To learn more about Brex, head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash Brex. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash B-R-E-X. Brex is the corporate card making accountants' lives better. Very disappointing. And so the, to make, make make matters worse for small business owners, I don't want to turn this into a pessimistic show here, but yeah. my understanding is that some, some accountants and bookkeepers is their clients now who have, and this is where the tech companies start coming in, right? Uh, people who have credit cards with some of these newer startups for the spending cards, right? Mm-hmm. And their credit lines are getting shut down and lowered on their credit cards with no warning whatsoever. Oh yeah, so that was. Um, are you talking about cabbage? Cabbage. I think I saw Divi. So 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 Divi's really a credit card. So apparently that's how I've I've, I've seen some uh, things that said Divi's done that. Cabbage apparently because people have uh, cabbage works like they watch your inventory and your accounts receivable and give you like real time credit because they're plugged into your QuickBooks file or whatever your data. Yep, and apparently they have started to shut down people's credit left and right. Well, and yeah, and specifically, Washington Post had an article. SoftBank-backed lender Cabbage cuts off businesses as cash needs mount. And it's got quotes from a bunch of Cabbage customers saying that Cabbage didn't give them any notice. Then they learned that their credit lines have been suspended only upon logging into their accounts. So imagine that you're thinking, oh, God, I can't make payroll. I'm going to log into Cabbage and get my loan like I would normally do. You log in and then there's no money. How much that would suck. So there's an example here, Joy Deep Paul, who runs MedServe Healthcare Solutions, an emergency medical training company in Princeton, New Jersey, said his line of credit was cut from 22000 to zero. Quote, you just turn it off without saying a word, not an email, not a phone call, nothing, unquote. Ouch. And this is not just a cabbage thing. This is apparently happening across the board with um, a lot of the players in there, like On Deck, mm-hmm. Funbox, some of these other ones. They've all had to tighten up their their underwriting standards because to some extent they've they've really been out there giving very expensive loans to begin with. Yeah, I think they have a ton of exposure. We've talked about this in the past. They're giving out loans at 30%, very risky loans. Um there's it's just a risky game. And so now instantly the money's drying up, right? But then you as a small business owner can't borrow from these companies. But then I look at these companies now, like what road do they have to actually give new loans because the government in theory is giving out loans out at 1%. Who's going to take a loan at 19, 29%? Well, and, and their risk port, you know, profile just increased dramatically. So, you know, because like a ton of these businesses are going to default on these loans if they haven't already. It's just a matter of time. And so Cabbage isn't going to be able to get their money. They're going to have to write off all these loans and then they can't lend out more because, you know, they've got to have a certain amount of capital in reserve. And I don't know if you, if you saw this, Cabbage even knows this. They laid off 80% of their staff. Wow. They furloughed 80%. Yeah, that's not a good sign. I have a hard time imagining how some of these lenders make it out of this. Uh, and interesting fact, Cabbage in 2017 raised $250 million from SoftBank. And you know who else SoftBank invested in? 
WeWork and then one of the scooter companies that just yeah. laid off people. Like, I, 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 they wouldn't be surprised if they're pulling their money back out of places. Well, so we've talked about WeWork yeah, when they were going to go public and they were filing for their IPO that you know got aborted because everyone realized it didn't make sense. One of the big questions, I had this on the show, a lot of analysts pointed this out, was that, well, what happens to WeWork in a recession? Because everybody was talking a few months ago about how, oh, there's eventually going to be a recession and what happens to WeWork? Because WeWork has long-term leases and they do you know short-term subletting. So now all these businesses that can't go into the office are going to cancel their WeWork memberships. Um, and I actually saw some you know folks that we know on Twitter saying, well, I had to pay April, but I'm not going to pay May. So, because there's a there's a cancellation, like 30 day notice kind of thing, right? So they're going to cancel. Everybody's you know canceling, or a bunch of people are. They're not going to pay for May, and WeWork is going to be unable to pay their um, rent or their mortgages on the buildings that they own, and they're locked into long term leases. And so now WeWork is trying to negotiate with their landlords to get a discount. There's an article in Bloomberg, and the headline is WeWork asks landlords to help it cut its rent bill by up to 30%. Which is interesting because my understanding is one of the WeWork's big successes was they negotiated tons of their leases and everything crashed in 2008. So they already had pretty good deals from all their leases, and now they're yeah. trying to renegotiate them even lower. So we'll see if WeWork can can survive this. Um, I'm, I'm if this goes on as long as we think it will, which you know, I'm betting on August, September, that this really you know calms down and people go back to work, then it could be a problem. I did see some things that tech companies are doing that are good. So there's something called paytoday.club. And this is some tech companies. So Gusto, Funbox, um, Homebase, um, and actually other tech companies can actually join this. And the gist, gist of it is, if you owe a small business m- money, you need to pay them. So right now, currently, small businesses are owed 900 billion in receivables. And a lot of it is big corporations, right? Or government agencies, they owe this money and they need to pay these invoices. Mm-hmm. Like it's super, super important and that will get money back into small business owners' hands. So it's, so they have, they have artwork, they have a hashtag, hashtag pay today. So that's out there. And then I don't know if you saw Intuit is doing um, a small business relief, relief initiative with GoFundMe. I hadn't seen that. And they and they've started to bring on other tech companies along with that. And the gist of it is is you sign up for a GoFundMe and if you get if you can raise five hundred dollars, Intuit will Matt give you an extra five hundred is the that's the short answer. But there's a lot of hoops to jump through. You gotta like use the right hashtag and thought it, it, I think it's um one of the it's much better on paper than maybe possibly execution. Um but I Intuit did step up to the plate today. I saw, uh, saw information that Intuit is going to do the payroll protection program loan right from inside of QBO. So all your data is there. Obviously, Intuit has QuickBooks Capital, mm-hmm. and they're going to do start doing those loans from within QuickBooks. Now, when that starts, I don't know. Yeah, that's a big question, right? How quickly can they make it happen? But if you could get one-click loan data, if you could apply for that loan using one-click in QuickBooks, especially now that QuickBooks owns Credit Karma, like... Intuit has all the data. They have the small business data and the credit card data. They could approve these loans so much quicker, mm-hmm. so much quicker. And you know, they they run their payroll for a million small businesses. Like just start pumping this data out um, mm-hmm. and and get this money out. So so tech, some tech companies are starting to step up the plate and and bypass these government programs with creative ways to help. Makes sense. Um, 
We've talked about the potential threat to accounting jobs on the show, and there have been some layoffs, though not a ton here in the U.S., which is good news so far. We'll see how long that lasts. Friedman, which I think is mostly in New York, ended up cutting 50 folks uh, loose. They were one of the first firms to go do that. And KPMG has also done layoffs in Canada and Australia lost a couple hundred jobs. Those are the ones that Going Concern is covering. They're doing a good job of uh, covering the layoffs. They have a a header uh, on all of their articles, Layoff Watch 20. So you can easily find those and see where else jobs are getting cut. BDO USA notably is cutting everyone's pay instead of doing layoffs. The CEO announced this, and this article came out yesterday. Wayne Burson said that BDO is taking a 5 to 10% pay cut at all levels, salaried from May 1st to August 1st. Hourly is the same, just starting one or two days later after the salaried guys. The pay cut will be on a sliding scale starting from employees making 60K or more annually. I think that's a good way to go rather than laying people off is everyone take a small pay cut. Yeah, because I think the other the other route, and I think I heard this is happening at KPMG in Canada. They the partners were just cutting lower lower staff people because the partners don't want to take a pay cut. Right, but that's a bad move. If this works out, I mean, it could still go very very badly. But if things actually work out and the economy kicks back into gear in the fall, you are not going to want to be left with looking to hire staff after having laid people off. Nobody's going to want to work for you. So. The best thing is to just try to keep everyone employed, maybe take a loan, hold the course. And I think I saw uh, Goldman Sachs was predicting that this is going to be the fastest recovery ever. It should be. Assuming the government does the correct amount of stimulus, gets money into people's hands. Like, And my big fear is that zillions of people can't pay their rent, zillions of people don't pay their mortgages, and then we get into this mortgage crisis situation. Where if people aren't paying their mortgages, then you have a zillion foreclosures and then we have a housing crisis and we all know how well that went. So that's why it's so important that the government gets the stimulus out so that people can keep paying their rent, keep paying their mortgage. Because for a lot of people, that's the biggest expense they have. Yeah. And and I think if you do have to lay off people, there's probably some uh, correct ways to do it. I don't know if you heard about Lime, you know, the scooter company. Oh, yeah. They are probably doing horrible right now. So they... uh, Invited a bunch of employees in apparently into a Zoom webinar, and they they should they realized a quick you know they start the employees started realizing wait a minute the people that are invited to webinar versus not invited to the webinar are people the people running the webinar are people that they didn't recognize. Oh, and so so two weeks ago they got sent home to work from home, right? They haven't heard anything from management or the founder, and then they basically get including a, a webinar a Zoom not a Zoom meeting a Zoom webinar. And during the webinar, they shut off all their computer access to the network and then kicked them out of, basically laid them off. Wow. Like just not the right way to do these things. And you're right. Like like when these things do recover, people will remember this and people aren't going to go to work for those companies. No. If if you've got to stay classy as you do these things or you're going to burn bridges going forward with talent, you just can't afford to do that. Obviously, you can't do these in person, but at least do individual one-on-one meetings. Even if it takes you days, just do it. Like to do it in like a group setting like that is just horrible. We could talk about uh, phishing attempts and uh, ransomware. If you want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been reading about how security is a big problem with everyone working from home in this confusing time. It's easier than ever to fall for phishing attacks. So, yeah, what is 
What's going on with that? Well, I can tell you my experience this week. I fell for a phishing attack. What? Did you send $10,000 to Nigeria or something? Uh, no. Uh, so, I got an email and uh-huh. it came in and it was from a, a coworker. And it was, coincidentally, it was a coworker. I have not exchanged any emails yet, but I just started to that morning. Because you you have a new job. New job, right? And so, I got an email that said, hey, and, and most of this team's in New York City, right? And they're, they're really locked down in New York City right now. And it was like, hey, I need you to do me a huge favor. What's your, can, what's your cell phone number? I'm like, all right, didn't think anything of it. But I didn't notice the email address wasn't a real email address. It had that person's name. Okay. But things have been chaotic, right? Like yeah, yeah, of course. Fast lately. I reply back, I give my cell phone number, and then I start, I get instantly, I get a text. So, so it moved from a fake email to a fake text. So the texts were like, hey, where are you at? Can you go to the store? I need to get some gift cards for eBay. Let me know when you're at the store. And then, if, and so, but this is the importance of having multiple communication channels with your coworkers. Yeah. I was able to, I just finally asked the person who I thought it was on Slack. I was like, hey, are you sending me messages on WhatsApp right now? And then I told the person I was texting with, or not WhatsApp, sorry, the text, I said, hey, please respond to my message in Slack. And that's when this person knew I was onto them. And, Said no, I can't do that right now, and they they left. At what point did you get suspicious? Uh, at least four or five texts in. When they asked you to go to the store and buy gift cards, not, not even then because it wasn't fully reconciled. Because I was like, oh, she's in New York, like they're locked down. Maybe right, do locked down. Like it did yeah. not even like register. Well, good for you for doing the thing that we always preach and verifying this information, secondary communication channel. It's like two-factor, right? It's always two-factor. Go down some other tech path and get an answer a different way that's separate from the one you're currently conversing in. If you get any 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 tingling of something's wrong. So it can happen to everybody. It happened to me, folks. It can happen to everybody. Oh, that's brilliant. So the IRS is warning that phishing attempts are increasing and it's all related to COVID stuff. So you have to be very careful. Very, very careful. On that, they're warning about that. And then the other thing that's going on, and this is not good, is ransomware is starting to talk, uh, target hospitals and hospital v- VPNs. So if it's not oh, good, that would be the worst timing ever. Yes. If it's not bad enough for hospitals right now, is that they're, um, there's a variant of the Revil, R E V I L group. They've, uh, they're probing the internet for vulnerable systems because VPNs, everybody's using V as open doors for VPNs right now, right? Trying to let their employees work from home. So they, they, that's really scary if, if they're targeting hospitals right now. Um, I've only got one item of follow-up left here, which is the tax deadline. So <laughs> we've all moved on from that real quick, quick didn't <laughs> that was we? La- was that, that, uh, that was just last Friday. I think so. It uh, felt like a decade ago. It was just last Friday. We took a breath like, oh, the deadline's been moved. Everybody breathed and now we're right back at it. There's some parallels uh, to what's going on with coronavirus and what's going on with the tax deadline. You know, there's still some states that are just letting people walk around because it's not a problem here yet. You know, maybe it's a problem in New York, but hey, in Texas, we're fine, right? At least statewide. There's some states that still haven't delayed their state tax deadlines to match the new federal July 15th deadline. Idaho, Mississippi, and Virginia are holding out. Virginia in particular is offering taxpayers relatively little relief, according to the Tax Foundation. In Virginia, the tax payment deadline has been postponed to June 1st, but the tax filing deadline is still May 1st, which is their normal deadline. And that's important because interest starts accruing the next day. So on May 2nd, your interest starts accruing. 
Only late payment penalties are waived through June 1st, not interest. And the Commonwealth is urging everyone to file by May 1st as usual to avoid interest. So that's going to create a bunch of issues because people have heard, oh, the tax deadline is extended and then they're not going to file. They're going to wait until July 15 in Virginia and they're going to pay a bunch of interest. So in Idaho, they only bumped their deadline to June 15th. That's not confusing. And then Mississippi extended filing and payment deadlines one month to May 15th. What is wrong with these states? Or what is wrong with these lawmakers, I should say, in these states? That's the bigger problem. I think it's the lawmakers and they... Anything to be complicated, people will do it to be complicated. Just make it simple. Just do it. They should just have done a blanket federal and state delay. Every single tax deadline that was before July 15th is now July 15th. Just keep it simple. And every, I mean, all this just rolls onto accounts and bookkeepers, right? Um, oh, my God. I've never seen so much chatter in the groups that we're in with all the accountants. It's insane. People are not sleeping. It's worse than like the week before tax day. And at least in tax day, they know what they're dealing with. It's just, there's just a lot of volume. Like this right. is, it's changing deadlines. It's changing this, the loan, you can do this. Oh, you can't do 1099 vendors now in the, the payroll protection program. And the AACPA oh, yeah. uh, had, a, uh, they basically called out that accountants should help help these small business relief efforts. And, and I would argue that accountants and bookkeepers are actually delivering on that promise. Right. Oh, but notice how but everything the accountants, all this work is piling onto accountants and CPAs, and yet there is no provision in these acts to pay accountants for their work. Well, most of the banks, I, th- I think virtually all the banks are, are not going to honor this agent fee that's apparently possible where people can get, if you file on behalf of your client, you can get like a 1% commission. They're not going to do it. They're going to keep it for themselves. Yeah. And my understanding, so as an account or bookkeeper, you have to do a little bit of creativity here. Maybe you create a, a, a 90-day CFO package and you make you have a client buy that. And then part of that service is you'll take care of any loan things they need done during that time. Right. But, but that makes you look like a jerk because now you're taking money out of that client's you know funds. Yep. It's because the banks, they're getting that commission on top. So it's not like it ever comes out of the principle yes. that I'm getting loan. Whereas the accountant, if they want to earn a fee, they have to charge the client and take it out of that loan. It's just setting us up to look bad, even though we're the ones doing all the hard work. Yeah, I, I think, you know, obviously our healthcare professionals, right? Um, any Anybody that's working at grocery stores and food service delivery and those those professionals as well. I mean, for crying out loud, uh, sanitation services are still running, right? I think there's a lot of people that are heroes, but I also think right now accounts and bookkeepers are completely unsung right now. People have no idea what they're going through because they're, they're feeling the brunt of the tax deadlines. They're feeling the brunt of tax payments. They're feeling the brunt of these loans. Like oh, yeah. they have 50 jobs right now. And, 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 and not to mention the whole scariness for their clients that are, that's going on. Right. Yeah. I only have one client right now and this client is applying for PPP. So after this recording session, it's Friday. I want to go have a drink. I'm going to be pulling payroll reports and compiling information so that, that my client can apply. Thank God they're not making me do it. Right. Like I can't even imagine what I'd be doing right now if I had 200 clients to worry about. So to all of you who are listening, who are dealing with all that right now, I mean, at least David and I appreciate you. Yeah. uh, Go to your refrigerator when you're listening to this, get a beer and toast the mirror and pretend you're toasting Blake and I, because we'll be toasting you. Like you, you're right. Like in these groups and some of these uh, Slack channels and Facebook groups, like it is insane what they're dealing with right now. Yeah. 
the volume wise. It's ridiculous. Uh, I have some cool tech news, app news, but I don't know what, it, what else you have. If, if are we still talking stimulus? Is there any more? Well, unfortunately, I would love to hear that, but we're going to have to save it for the next episode because my company is having a team happy hour. So I'm going to go join that and a Zoom happy uh, hang hour. out on Zoom, a Zoom happy hour. So I'm going to go try to do that, decompress a little bit. And, you know, what are you up to this weekend? Uh, what am I up to this weekend? <laughs> um, I'm going nothing, to try to play. Nothing. I'm not going to do any Zooms. I'm, I'm Zoomed out. I have no brain power left for another Zoom, but I'll probably play catch up a little bit. I'm going to, I'm actually, I'm going to probably actually apply for the loan myself um, tomorrow. Oh. Uh, so I'll see how that Let goes. Let me know how that goes. Let's see how that yeah. goes. And then uh, does your I'll Does your bank have up. a page up to let you do that? Well, they sent me an email and then I clicked the email because it said click here and sign in. Then I signed in and it had a pop-up that said, hey, click here to apply. And as soon as I click that, I get a 404 error page. So it's not <laughs> looking good. <laughs> like the page may not really exist yet. So uh, yeah, so I will let you know how that, that goes next week. And then the other thing I'm going to work on, and hopefully any of you listening, uh, I'll have some information about this up on Twitter and social media. But um, there's a, the re- one of the review sites we asked people to write reviews on, Podchaser. Podchaser is, is partnering with Meals on Wheels. And Meals on Wheels is uh, donating and they go around, they feed elderly who can't leave their houses, which right now is every elderly person in the country. Right. So they're doing a fundraiser for Meals on Wheels. And the way this works is every time you leave a review on a podcast, they will donate 25 cents. And then if Blake and I, if you leave a review on the Cloud Accounting Podcast, and if Blake and I reply back and say, hey, thanks for the review, they're going to double that amount. So you can help us writing reviews about the podcast on podchaser.com. That would be great. And then it'll help raise money for Meals for Wheels. And I'd love if we were able to be one of the top podcasts you know, raising money for Meals on Wheels. Um, just a way for us to kind of give back a little bit. Cool. Well, David, it's always a pleasure. If people want to reach you online, where can they do that? Um, I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn's probably the easiest, at David Leary. I am at Blake T. Oliver. Until next week, David, stay healthy and safe. Awesome. Bye. Want to get the word out about your newsletter, webinar, party, Facebook group, podcast, job posting, or that fancy Excel macro you just created? Why not let the listeners of the Cloud Accounting Podcast know by running a classified ad? Hit the show notes for the link to get more info.